This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. You're listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio 91.7 FM. Meanwhile in Memphis is a program dedicated to conversations that celebrate the organizations, initiatives, and people that are shaping Memphis for the better. The Meanwhile in Memphis radio show and podcast are brought to you by New Memphis, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to develop, activate, and retain the city's most important resource. It's people. Your hosts today are me, Rebecca Daly, and Jamie Baller-Raup. Before we jump into today's episode, we have some exciting events coming up that we'd love to see you join us at. Upcoming this week on Thursday, August 11th is the New Memphis Leadership Summit, which is the premier leadership conference for professionals in the Mid-South. There are only a few tickets left, so be sure to head to newmemphis.org slash events to grab yours. Coming up on August 24th, New Memphis is teaming up with Spillet for a center stage event featuring an evening of stories from educators that speak to the theme baggage claim. We're curious about what journeys have brought teachers to where they are now and which experiences have shaped their perspectives. They'll be sharing their stories live on stage. And after the event, we will be announcing our 2023 Educators of Excellence Award winners. This is an event you won't want to miss. It is free and open to all community members, not just educators. You can head to newmemphis.org events for full event details and to RSVP. And finally, coming up on Tuesday, September 19th is Memphis 101. This is an exciting and engaging crash course on Memphis history and its impact on global culture. So if you have any curiosity about the city, even if you think you know it pretty well, join us for an event to try and learn something new, have a few snacks, and meet some fellow Memphians. Today, we are chatting with a 2022 Educator of Excellence Award winner. Each year, New Memphis honors five educators who are doing exceptional work in Memphis, and today we're exploring education with Educator of Excellence, Robin Bobby Bryce. Bobby's mission as an educator is to provide access to an equitable and inclusive learning environment where diverse learners are able to genuinely thrive while achieving academic and social gains. We're excited to learn more about her approach to education and why she loves teaching in Memphis. So let's welcome Bobby to the studio. Good morning, Bobby. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How's your day going so far? It is going just as well. You know, the morning stop starts with the with a nice um, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Got to get that energy going. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially when you deal with kids all day. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I guess, can we just start off by, would you just share a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Uh, how'd you become a classroom educator? So um, it's really funny. Um, even when I tell this story to this day, I'm like, it was an accident. I just somehow <laughs> up in the classroom. It was accidental. Um, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer. You would not tell me that I would not be a lawyer. Um, <laughs> but when I was in college, 
uh, there was like these people on campus and they were really excited um, to recruit people for Teach for America. And they were like, oh my goodness, we need teachers. You're going to love it. Um, and they made me think that like being a teacher was necessary and being a teacher was something that I was chosen to do. I was inspired um, by the things that they said at this recruitment meeting. And so um, I let it resonate with me for a couple of years, actually, because um, I first graduated um, high school in 2011. So it would have been about two years after that. Um, and so in 2020, so 10 years after I heard about Teach for America, um, I applied and I was like, you know what? That man's voice is still in my head where he was like, you need to do this. <laughs> and so um, I, I was a Teach for America core member um, in 2020. And that is what moved me to Memphis. And that's what put me in this educational landscape. Oh, that's awesome. We have some former TFA folks on the new Memphis staff as well. So we love we love them. It's so exciting to hear that that instilled such a passion for you and like planted a seed so much earlier than when you actually took an action on it. Um, you said Teach for America is what brought you to Memphis. What's kept you here? So um, the educational landscape in Memphis is honestly what's kept me here. Um, wanting to ensure that before I left, all of the kids have got, you know, I've served my full passion, right? I've served my full purpose. Um, I want to make sure kids can read. I want to make sure kids can do math. And as long as I continue to encounter kids who are struggling readers or struggling with mathematics, I am going to be compelled to stay. Um, not only in the classroom, but in Memphis, because there's a very high need in Memphis. Totally. That's beautiful. Um, and, and you speak of struggles, not only in the classroom, but, you know, every community faces challenges regarding education. It looks different from community to community. Um, but thinking about Memphis, what makes it stand out for educators? And specifically, you know, what are the solutions that you're seeing that are innovative, that are being provided or uh, engaging with the education community in Memphis? So um, I absolutely love um, that Shelby County Schools has, has taken a more engaging approach to mathematics. Um, I love that. Um, I love that we are trying to immerse students a lot more in their education and, and tapping into that. Um, not only are there visual learners or auditory learners, like they like to touch things and they like to engage in this, you know, um, critical thinking and problem solving type of conversations. And I love that I see that that is becoming more of a norm um, and that is becoming more of an expectation. Like, hey, kids should engage in these conversations. And when they're maybe speaking about things that are not um, accurate, we should pull them back. Right. In a way that gets them thinking like, um, well, maybe that's not right. But what if you look at it this way? Right. Um, because that teaches kids skills that, that are transferable beyond just the math classroom or the, the ELA classroom. That is things that they can use in social studies or science um, or Spanish if they have it. Um, and so for me, that is what's really, really um, amazing and innovative right now is just the integration of more engaging material in the classrooms. I, I know listeners can probably hear the passion in your voice, but I also wish that they could see you because you are so animated and like energetic. And so I, I would love to be in your classroom um, just to gas you up a little bit. Uh, so so in your Educator of Excellence application, you mentioned that you create plans instead of excuses. Can you talk a little bit 
more about this? What, is, what does that look like uh, in your experience? What does that mean to you? So sometimes, um, especially when you're walking into, you know, classrooms where I've never been in eighth grade before or I've never been in sixth grade before. The content and the things that um, I'm learning may seem like, oh, my goodness, I can't do this. I didn't learn enough for that or I, I don't feel prepared. Um, that is not the case. Um, so providing kids not only with this so- sort of social emotional support, like, hey, listen, you've got this. It's new. That fixed mindset don't work in here. <laughs> yeah. Angel yeah. mindset. Um, and teaching them about this growth mindset and then teaching them like you can do this with a little bit of work. So the power of yet, right? The power of yet um pushes kids forward and it teaches kids like, hey, I might not know this yet, but if I keep working toward it. I will. Um, And so that automatically eliminates the ability for them to have an excuse because I can't read yet. I can't do this math yet. Miss Bryce, I don't understand this yet. (laughs) Um, And and that that to me just it changes the entire, you know, conversation because now kids can't just be like, this is just something or my kids can't do mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, yet. I need to incorporate yet more into my daily life. <laughs> I think that's valuable at any age. Do you hear what I'm even even me? I'm like, who? I'm in a whole new classroom and um, new content, and I'll and I'm like, who? I I can't do this yet. Hold on, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. We talk um, a lot about representation of thought, of personality, of approach to to life. And in a previous, a recent episode, Dr. Mario Brown said, you cannot be what you cannot see. And I think having a teacher who is expressing that same sentiment for themselves has to be powerful. So last year I would hear my kids, I would be like, y'all, I I don't think I'm being to make it through this day. My kids would be like, Miss Bryce, you ain't say you ain't had your coffee. You didn't have your breakfast. Like they, they, I'm like, y'all, I'm tired today. Miss Bryce, not today, you're not. And <laughs> and so don't use yet. They start to use words that show that there is there is this ability to grow and there's this ability to transform and that nothing is stuck or nothing is fixated. Um, because there there is power when they know that things are possible for them. There's power in that. Um, and I like to I like to keep that top of mind. Love that. Absolutely. And, you know, pouring into yourself and is something that radiates out into your students. And one of the ways that you have poured into yourself is uh, through the New Memphis Stride program. For folks who are not familiar, it is a free program that offers support for early career teachers uh, that they need to thrive as educators in Memphis. There are social outings and fun opportunities, but it's also an opportunity to be in an environment of collaborative learning, peer networking, and professional development. Uh, So if you are listening and you are a new teacher in Memphis, especially if you are new to Memphis, uh, head to newmemphis.org slash stride for more information and to apply. And we'll also link that in our show notes. Um, But the stride program is something that, um, you know, we have found that to be 
a tool for teachers and would love to hear about your experience in going through it. You're an educator. You're busy. Um, So what sparked your interest in participating in an extracurricular and how did it support your work? So I'm always looking for ways. Um, I, I like to think of myself as a craftsman, right, as a teacher. And and as you as craftsmen, you're always looking for ways to better your craft, to be more efficient with your craft, to get better. Um, and so I'm always looking for professional development opportunities that I really feel like betters my craft um, and, and keeps me grounded and 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 current as a teacher. Because sometimes I'm like, hold on, wait, things changed? <laughs> right? Um, and for me, New Memphis, the STRIDE program was incredible. Um, I absolutely enjoyed my journey. Um, we were at we were exposed to different places. So things that I hadn't, I just hadn't done. So I had never gone to the museum before. Um, not because I didn't want to, but, you know, I never had a reason to go. I'm always like, oh, I have to go lesson planner. Oh, I have to go and do my homework or, you know, so they pull you into like, hey, here goes some, pro- some professional development, but we're going to the museum. And so you get to see the museum and you get um, the opportunity to engage in professional development with people who are really like minded, um, which I know we're always like, oh, we're in certain places. Everybody's like, no, like everybody there. We're all educators and everybody is wanting to get better at their craft. Everybody is wanting to give um, really good feedback and give really good advice and take feedback. Right. Um, there, Everybody's taking what they need from that space. Um, and and honestly, Aaron is the pausing gems. Like Aaron throws gym after gym after gym after gym. And it's almost like, hold on, Aaron, my bag full. I ain't got nowhere else to put the gems that you that you that you throw in, but she continues to throw throw gems, and you literally just you're you're a sponge. Like, let me soak up all of this. Um, and it, it's it's an incredible experience, and I would I would recommend it ten out of ten to anybody that I know. And I have. Oh my gosh, that was. Can we just like copy paste that into like every promotion, every for pride? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we we want more educators. <laughs> Um, what is one way that the Memphis community could partner or collaborate with educators to make a bigger impact? Do you think? What do you wish that the community would do? Oh, that's a good one. I really think now this is in an uh, uh, a euphoric world. Yeah, yeah. But if we do something where we really rally with kids around state testing because there's so much test anxiety. There's so much, like we need to normalize like having conversations about school and what's going on at school, but especially around times of testing, like, Hey, I know that test is coming up. You got this, um, to, to, to ease kids nerves. Um, like these little humans are taking really long tests for extended periods of time. They're having to sit still and, they're like, what do I get out of this? Really, there's nothing that you get out of this. And so we as a community have to come together to really normalize it, but also encourage them to do well. Um, I think that like almost like a pep rally for testing. Um, I, I honestly think that that would change how much, um, you know, anxiety and things like that go on with kids. Because when you think about like sports games, baby, when the crowd is 
where do I sit? Right? Um, there, there's nowhere to sit. And so can we have that exact same support and those exact same rallies around testing and around things that um really impact our kids' futures um, and set them up for, for success. Like, oh my goodness, you 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 got a fourth fourth grade reading on your already. Woo! You know, cheering them on for that because that encourages them to continue doing well academically. Um, and we set our kids up to where they're able to make decisions and decisions aren't made for them based on how you know they do academically. And so I really believe that if we rally around testing and our academics. You know, like what does the, what do those grades look like? Oh, you got A's and B's. You know, and that, those are small things, small things that people in the community can do um, to 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 create this uh, sort of excitement for kids to do well. And like, what would you say to community members? Like, what if you don't have kids and you're like, ah, I don't really need to pay attention to local education because that's it doesn't apply to me. I'm, you know, I just have my cats and that's all good. I would say if you ever are engaged, if you are ever engaging in a conversation with a kid and, you know, like if they've been in school for how's school going, you know, what is what is school looking like right now? How's your grade? What are those? Are you doing your homework? Um, like those are really small things that give them practice. Right. So they're practicing their problems or whatever the teacher is giving them. So that way they're able to do better. Um, they're they're diving into this material because they want to a like what kid doesn't want to a right. Um, small conversation. Whenever you need to talk to kids, you know, a YMCA lead or if, you know, you work at a place where they do field trips for, for kids like, hey, how many of y'all days? You know, it's it's as simple as, you know, one of those things are how how is school going? Because baby, the kids gonna tell you. They're gonna be like, oh, this is hard. And why is it hard? You know, what what have you talked to the teacher about it being hard to get some support? Um, those are those are just small things that we have the ability to do. Now I'm not saying, you know, strangers just walk up to kids, hey, out school. But anytime you have the intentional opportunity to engage with students in a way that is um that is appropriate um, and authentic, I encourage it. In the library, like, you know, wherever, wherever you're engaging with um, with key, basketball, baby, after the basketball, good game. I hope your grades as, as well as you play today. <laughs> that was, that, but that's me as a teacher, too. I'm like, that, that subtle reinforcement of acknowledging your challenges but encouraging you to face them, that's something that I see as a through line with you as a teacher and you're encouraging students. You've already encouraged the community members in this conversation, but would love to know what advice you would give to a new teacher or an early career teacher. Babs, teaching is not for the faint of heart. It is really hard work. Doctors say it all the time. Um, and, and I, I believe it. Um, I believe that to to be a teacher is to wear so many hats that sometimes it becomes overwhelming. Like I want to make sure my kids are good. I got my paperwork is good. I got my my kids at home. They're good. I need to make sure I'm good and I'm pouring into all of these cups. Um, But it's so worth it. Those light bulb moments that you have from kids when kids are able to be like, uh uh-uh. 
when they can repeat, listen, when I don't have to repeat my rules and my kids can, they be like, y'all better find something safe to do. So I tell my kids all the time, um, fine, make make safe choices. And so my kid, when my kids repeat that, those little moments are rewarding because you know that if they're not hearing anything else, they're not, it doesn't seem like they're hearing, they're listening. It's an unfortunate truth. Like as, as an eighth grade teacher, I was a sixth grade teacher. We don't get to see, we see the rewards of our, of our work, but when they're adults, they're like, oh my goodness, I had this teacher back in sixth grade. She was crazy, but I'm gonna tell you one thing: she ain't she ain't let me slack. Mm-mm. They'll tell you in the office, Miss Bryce was crazy, but she made sure I did my work and she made sure I understood. Um, but that's not something we hear until like I have a kid in eleventh grade now that I had, you know, years ago, and he called me probably three or four days ago, like Miss Bryce, let me tell you about this new school. And I'm like, tell me about it, baby. He said, Miss Bryce, they ain't nothing like what you used to do for us. <laughs> You know, I don't I didn't get to see that when he was in when he was in eighth grade. He was a little more stubborn at the time. But if we stick with it, there is reward in our work. And it's just not something that we can see. It's not it's nothing instant. There's no instant gratification that comes with teaching. Um, There's no pats on the back with teaching. Um, But you make productive citizens when you're teaching and so looking around and people walking me speaking or you know you all podcast we are all products of great teaching and and that is the reward that we get in ourselves just knowing that one day I'm not going to be able to be a teacher but the the kids that I'm teaching now they'll be teachers and they'll be phenomenal teachers because they have phenomenal teachers growing up absolutely I love that um, so what did, can you share a little bit, what did being named an educator of excellence mean to you? Oh my goodness. It was like this moment where I just was like, for real? Me? <laughs> Y'all playing. We're, we're Ashton Kutcher and the crew. <laughs> it was really, really like it. I was so shocked and not because I'm, I'm not doing great things in Memphis, but because like, when you receive recognition, you're like, what? Wait, for real? Because um, like I said, uh, teaching doesn't come with a lot of recognition. We don't get a lot of good jobs. We get our paycheck and say, come back tomorrow. Right. Um, and so for me, it was that moment where I, where I received. Rec- I was amazed. I was ass- I was so happy. Like I remember calling Aaron like, Aaron, for real? <laughs> Yo! Like I, I remember this actually being like something like y'all, y'all plan. Um, because it was so incredible and I, and I felt so empowered. Like I remember telling my kids about it. <laughs> so my kids would tell other, other kids like, Miss Bryce is an excellent educator. And she is back. So it was, it was amazing. We love hearing teachers feel proud of their work. And, you know, we want to continue pouring into the teaching community, the education community, looking forward to the next crop of educators of excellence. Would love to understand what you as an educator think are some of the attributes that an educator of excellence embodies and why would you encourage someone to apply or to nominate a teacher? So of excellence to me really have a heart to serve our kids um, and really have a heart to serve not only our kids, but our community. Um, when, because as educators, 
um, we have to understand that when we're teaching these children, we're serving the whole child. We're serving um, not only their academic needs, but sometimes it's their social and emotional needs and we are redirecting. Sometimes the things they're going on at home and they need the tools to be able to deal with or handle that. Um, and so as excellent educators like that, we know that we know that when kids come into our building, they come bearing various um, things. They come carrying different types of luggage and they deserve to be taught how to carry that luggage and, and when we need to act in ha- or how we need to behave in certain environments and, and that they, they deserve that. And excellent educators know that. Excellent educators um, will stop at nothing to ensure that there is equity within education um, because there's no reason why we're serving and not others to the best of our ability. Um, we 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 get that. Um, I think edu- excellent educators are are humble um, and they practice humility. Like I know I'm not the best teacher, and so I'm gonna always go and try to perfect perfect my craft because there's always somebody doing something that I could be doing a little better. Um, and if I really, really want to impact kids. I'm absorbing and learning as much as I possibly can to be the best version of myself that can be for them. Um, and I think that that takes that takes a lot. That takes a lot of commitment. Um, but an excellent educator is definitely committed. Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, and I believe that educators are passionate. They're motivated. They're creative problem solvers. Um, they they are diligent. They are persistent. Um, they do not stop because they get one. They have to figure out how to make that no a yes. Um, you know, um, and I, I truly believe that. And I, I would hope somebody that was um, recommended or nominated shines a bright light on all of those attributes because honestly like when we talk about educators of excellence we want the best people in front of our kids um and i and i truly i truly believe that um but when they show up for our kids they show out awesome absolutely so what what makes you hopeful about the future of education in memphis oh my goodness so all of the changes um all of the changes, and I know that sometimes change can be very scary, and sometimes change can be can cause a little apprehension. But I think that the changes um, are really trying to push um, building literacy within our youngest babies, um, and not to push them forward. Um, I love the idea of kids going to school in the summer to to continue that literacy effort because. When we look at Memphis in, in, in its entirety, we, we struggle with literacy. Um, and so what better way to push the city forward than to focus on literacy, um, to invest in, in early childhood. So that way, by the time they're in third grade, we're not trying to catch them up. You know, they're already there. They started learning literacy tools that they needed in preschool and pre-K, right? In pre-K, you're teaching kids how to formulate questions like, who were the main characters? Oh, it was a story about Billy, right? These are things that teach kids how to be more literate um, individuals. And so the investment in early childhood and and, um, the investment in is ahead of us. 
I don't know about you, Jamie, but I'm feeling pretty inspired about the future of Memphis and the future Memphians that are in your classroom specifically. Yes, knowing that they have a teacher like you is is like so exciting and uh, energizing for me. I tell them all the time, like, hey, it's not that you don't like me. You just didn't, you didn't quite, you know, sorry, math, you didn't like me. You know, it's fine. Throw a joke out there, too. <laughs> it's numerical ninjas, numerical ninjas. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Well, Bobby, thank you so much for joining us today and especially for the work that you are doing to push Memphis forward in the form of education. We are so grateful for the efforts and hours that you put into building your craft and building yourself and building a better Memphis. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you both. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye. This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.